0: Please join me in the prayer of illumination. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding, that our hearts and minds may be opened. Amen. Today's scripture reading from the Old Testament comes to us from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 12. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant therefore an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word, indeed. I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall rise after you. The word of the Lord.
1: Our New Testament reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is, the mi- is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who who. Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or a sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Webster's, uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines prayer this way. It says it is an address such as a petition to God or a God in word or thought an earnest request, or a wish. Well, that's a pretty good definition in my book, but those of us that have had some life experience, some journeys to the hilltops and through some deep valleys of life, we know it's so much deeper than that. Prayer for me has sometimes been the only thread left in the lifeline. On this second Sunday of Lent, we are following our churchwide Lenten study, Living into Lent by Donald McKim, and our second week topic is prayer and praying. At first glance, it seems like a subject that we should all be pretty well versed on, but like many things in life, the things that we are most familiar with sometimes need some deeper exploration. Now I, like most of you, spent a large part of my life on the other side of this pulpit. I grew up in the church, I wandered away from the church, I came back to the church, and eventually found what I had been seeking all along, the unconditional love of Jesus. Once I found that love and acceptance that only a Savior can give, It filled me with such comfort and joy. I now stand here on this side of the pulpit to share that great good news with you. There were many hours and days of prayer that I spent on that journey. But if I can look back and see specific moments, especially a specific moment where prayer really became a part of me and not just something that I practiced, two things come to mind. First, I have to give thanks to the Holy Spirit. As our scripture reading said today, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with a sight, with sighs too deep for words, and God who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. When I began to open my life to the movement of the Spirit, when I let go of the wheel, so to speak, and let the Spirit be my guide, new things began to happen. Now the Holy Spirit is not something we Presbyterians like to talk about a whole lot. We're not very good with things that are loose and free. We like to drift maybe towards the kind of buttoned-downed and rigid But the Holy Spirit moves and lives in and through us. One thing I remember that my theology professor, Dr. Shirley Guthrie, said about the Holy Spirit was this. The Holy Spirit does not belong to us Christians and is not trapped in our hearts or in our church. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God who is creator, preserver, and defender of the life of all God's creation and all of God's creatures. The Holy Spirit is free from earthly constructs and norms. To put that in context for our subject of prayer, it is the Holy Spirit that is active involved in our prayer life. I think when we pray, we need to remember to whom we are communicating with. The Holy Spirit, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. The second thing that moved prayer to being a part of me and not just something that I could do was an encounter I had with Jean Graham Ford, Billy Graham's sister. Jean was a member of Myers Park Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. In the summer of 2004, I spent a summer internship there. My path with Jean crossed when one Sunday morning she was doing a talk, a Sunday school lesson on prayer. Seventeen years later, that presentation still resonates with me. Jean basically told her life story that morning, a life filled with great joys and with great tragedy. Leighton Ford, who is Jean's husband, and Jean lost their eldest son at the age of 21 when an undiagnosed heart issue caused him to die on the surgeon's table. One thing I took away from her life story was her commitment to prayer. And she took what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians to heart. She said, pray without ceasing. She took that to a level that I didn't understand. Jean said that she prayed all day. In the morning when getting ready for the day, driving in her car, eating lunch, getting her hair done, visiting with a friend, and even at night as she drifted off to sleep. It didn't matter where she was or what she was doing, somewhere in the back of her mind, silent prayers were continually running. Now, I think that's really important because I suspect we can all get hung up on kind of buttonholing our prayer life to a specific place or a specific time. Maybe we only pray at meals or pray at bedtime, or we only pray when we're in church, But if we adopt a prayer life that allows us to pray without ceasing, then the Holy Spirit can set us free. Again, back to Dr. Guthrie in his book, Christian Doctrine, the work of the Holy Spirit can be summed up up in one word, new. The Holy Spirit brings new life to God's created that is stronger stronger than sickness and even death itself. The Holy Holy Spirit gives new beginnings to people whose lives seem to be at a dead end. The Holy Spirit brings new wisdom and new guidance from God. So what new things might we learn about prayer and the Holy Spirit in this season of Lent? Here are just a few. Maybe the first thing that we can learn is to copy Gene Graham Ford and pray without ceasing. If we have daily contact with God through the Holy Spirit, we cannot help but be transformed. One book I read said to think about the Holy Spirit as the regenerator. We are remade, reformed, reconstituted from the inside out when we spend time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. In John's Gospel, Jesus was late late one night, encountered a leader of the Jewish council named Nicodemus. You may remember that story. Jesus tells them that we must be born again by the Holy Spirit. When we open ourselves to that divine spirit, the spirit indwells in us, giving us that confidence to call ourselves children of God. We don't have a prayer life that is separate from our other life. They are one, one life. So pray without ceasing. While we're praying, we also need to be watchful. We need to continue to watch. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Holy Spirit is our guide to a godly life. The Holy Spirit is the best guide for us as we watch for what God is doing in the world. The Holy Spirit is the best internal GPS that you can imagine, except the Spirit will never be out of date and will never give us false information. But to know the Holy Spirit's guidance, we will need to discern the Spirit's voice and the Spirit's gentle nudges. And you can only do that by spending quality time in prayer. Also, while we're praying, we're working. As many of you know, I have a great passion for mission and ministry. I personally am connected to a group of folks in Haiti, where I have traveled for many years. Through Haiti Outreach Ministries, we work in the poorest neighborhood, in the poorest city, in the poorest country, in the Western Hemisphere. But in this blighted and devastated place, there is a spirit of life and vitality. One of my favorite Haitian expressions is bonje aptreve. And it means God is working. God is working. It's an expression that they use when something amazing happens, where logic tells you that only ruin exists. Like a flower pushing its way up through the winter dirt when it's springtime, God is working. God is always working in you and in me and in this church and in this community and even in Port-au-Prince. So when you're praying without ceasing, pray for God to reveal to you where you can see God at work, and go there. Be a part of God's great good work in this world. We certainly want to pray for others when we pray. Before he was crucified, Jesus tried to give comfort to the disciples by saying to them in John 14, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him because he abides with you and I will be with and I will be in you I will not leave you orphaned I am coming to you When the holy spirit is indwelling in us we are comforted and sustained by that power but more importantly that indwelling spirit allows us to be instruments of comfort ourselves One of the most common things that I get asked as a pastor is how to comfort someone who is grieving or struggling. My answer every time is just be present with that person. Be present with them. There are no magic words, no magic formula other than presence. But when you're really present with someone, the Holy Spirit will reveal to them that someone cares about them. Maybe even when they don't care so much for themselves, they know that you do. Now, we certainly shouldn't have hatred towards anyone in our prayers. That should be easy for us to understand. Prayer is about our inner workings through the power of the Holy Spirit are regenerated into people, into God's good work, God's calling for us, which then helps us reach out to others. But yes, some of us have people in our lives that have harmed us or are still harming us. Hatred is not the answer. But praying for redemption, praying for healing, praying for reconciliation is possible. God calls us to pray for everyone, for all of God's creation. And we can certainly pray against injustice. In Acts chapter 2, a large group of Jesus' followers are baptized by the Holy Spirit. It caused a cultural shift in the way this band of early Christian followers began to treat one another. The Greek word that was used to describe this fellowship and partnership was called koinonia. It was the outpouring of the Spirit that led to a new community, one that shared its possessions unselfishly and shared meals together often. Many people began to want to be a part of this koinonia group by witnessing this outpouring of love and unity. And this is how the early church grew. And that is how the church should function today. A spirit of koinonia. Again, according to Guthrie, the Holy Spirit calls, holds together, and sends out a new reconciled and reconciling community called the church. The Spirit works in the world to create a whole new humanity, a whole new creation. How are we looking at ourselves and our community in new and reconciling ways? I want to close today with this thought. When we pray without ceasing, we are doing more than praying. We're making a statement. We're making a declaration that says, God is sovereign. God is sovereign in our life and in the world. God's in control. And remember, this is not a conversation of equals. God created the world with his breath. You and me, not so much. God is working. God is working today. God is active. God is alive, working in and through us and our community today. And finally, God is love. Only a creator could show this love for its created to share life together, to share, to share ministry for others together. When the Spirit is allowed to break into our lives through prayer, the old ways of thinking and living are left behind, and new ways of thinking and living begin to take hold. Old, stale, oppressive, and dead social constructs and institutions are transformed into an exciting and new, liberating ones. Now, it may not happen overnight, but when the Holy Spirit cracks open that door, there is a dawn of something new, a new day, a hope for a new and a different future, and courage and strength to move toward life that God has created us to live. It's pretty simple It all starts with a prayer, and the world as we know it will be made new. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.